to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome in to another Atlanta Soccer Tonight special. I'm Jason Longshore and joined by play-by-play voice of Apple TV, MLS season pass. You will hear him on the call in Nashville on Saturday, Jake Zivin. How are you, Jake? Yeah, I'm doing well. Great to see you. I'm excited to be back in Nashville and, and excited to see Atlanta United again. We obviously did the, the game against Charlotte. That was that was a good day for Atlanta, fair to say, and looking forward to, to seeing Atlanta United in person once again this weekend. Yeah, let's let's work backwards. So okay. you did see that Charlotte game, and yep. that was one of Atlanta's best games of the season. What stood out to you about Atlanta's performance on that one? Man, everything in that first half, right? They were ruthless. They were clinical. Uh, Almada was, was uh, you know, showed himself to be one of the best players in the league right away. Um, they, I left that, I left Charlotte that weekend saying Atlanta's back. Um, you know, and, and I still think that's, that's true. Uh, you know, obviously a little more guarded on, on that opinion now, but look, this is a league where good teams figure out how to get results, even if they're not playing their best. And I think that's, that's fair to say about Atlanta in recent weeks. Yes. That, you know, they lose the open cup game last night. That's going to, that might sour things a little, but Atlanta is still two points out of first place in, in the East. Right. I mean, that's a great spot to be for Atlanta United. Almada um, continues. I think even, even in games when he's not doing what he did in Charlotte per se, he still looks like top, top player in the league when he's healthy, when he's in. So yeah, that that was my my number one my number one takeaway from that weekend was Atlanta is back, and uh, I think that that could be a correct takeaway. You've had a chance to see a lot of teams around the league, and it feels like early on this year it's really tight in both conferences across yeah. the board, where teams really haven't stepped out away from the pack yet. Yeah, I would I would say LAFC, I think, for me hasn't. And maybe that's proximity bias because we've done four of their games uh, <laughs> and, and they've played so many times, including in CCL and you know watched pretty much every minute that they've played this season uh, because of how much we've, we've been doing their games. But I, I think that they have, to me, they have stood out uh, as one step kind of above the rest. They um, talk about ruthless, talking about finding a way to win, even when they don't play the best all their best. All they need are one, two moments and boom, they've won. Um, you know, El Trafico w- was that way. They, they were all right. That was a pretty even game. Then, you know, a three minute stretch in the second half, Galaxy kind of take their foot off, make a mistake. Boom. It's three, one, just like that. And, and that's what LAFC can do. Bawanga is on another level. Uh, you know, for me, him, him, he's in that, in that discussion with Almada as, as most talented players in the league and also players playing their best, right? There's a difference between most talented players and those who are having the best season. Uh, sometimes there can be, but, but for me, Buanga has, has been great. So yeah, I would say LAFC stands out. They really, and I, I, I kept talking about this on the broadcast and I actually got a text, uh, saying that it was slightly inaccurate, but, but I'll, I'll push back on it. <laughs> LAFC did not trail until Mukhtar scored his goal again, uh, last week in Nashville. Now, they lost the second leg against Alohalense in the CCL, but they were up 3-0 in aggregate after the first leg. So when you're talking about a team trailing, you're talking about yeah. a team going down and feeling a need to come back. That's not a feeling that LAFC had felt until match 11 in the season in Nashville. And then they, they go down last night as well in Philadelphia. Both times they come back and get an equalizer. But to kind of dominate in that manner for the first 10 games of a season, all competitions. So impressive. They're so deep. Uh, they're, they're four deep in the midfield. They're five deep in, in the front three. 
They're three, maybe four deep in center backs. They're three deep on outside backs. Really, really impressive. Uh, I've been really impressed with LAFC, which is not a hot take, but but I've been <laughs> impressed with them this season. Who can challenge them in the West, in your opinion? Seattle's been good, for sure. Um, you know, we did LAFC at Seattle, and we were hyping that game in, in our minds as, okay, these are the, maybe the two best teams in the league to begin this season. It wasn't a great game. Ended in a scoreless draw. It was an afternoon game on what was kind of an unseasonably warm day in Seattle. So the sun's shining on that turf. Uh, LAFC was, I think, at the end of of the fifth game in 15 days. And you could see their their foot was off the gas a little bit. They absorbed. They should have won. At the end, LA, you know, Seattle was was in the front foot for about 80 minutes. LAFC turned it on final 10 minutes, had the, created the best two chances in the match, should have scored. They didn't. It's a scoreless draw. Um, but I, I do think Seattle's really good, despite you know the loss in Portland as well. So out west, for me, it, it's probably LAFC and Seattle at this point. I, I, St. Louis is good. Like, I'm, I'm not, in no way dismissing them. They're going to have a home field advantage throughout the year, even when their results kind of regress back to maybe maybe who they are right um, who they are i think is a really good team maybe not the best team in the league but a good team and then that home field which spectacular atmosphere that's going to boost them as well throughout the season so i think they'll stick around uh but for me it's probably lafc and seattle in the west assuming you know steve everybody stays healthy and teams stay constructed uh as is and, th- and then out east yeah look I, I i believe in atlanta again assuming everybody's healthy and they stay constructed throughout the season. If, if Almada gets sold in the summer, that changes things big time for Atlanta. Um, Cincinnati, they're really good. They've taken, I think, that that extra step to being maybe you know elite, maybe top, top of the East. Philly, they'll be fine. They I should will. say, I think they'll be fine. I mean, it's really hard for teams to compete on both fronts. And that's what's impressed sure. me the most about LAFC, going back to them. They've been able to do something that most teams in the league, pretty much every team in the league, as Atlanta know well, yep. has struggled to do, which is compete uh, in CCL and succeed and compete in MLS and succeed in this at the same time. And that that hole that a lot of MLS teams go in uh, c- continues throughout a season. Look at Seattle last year. Win CCL, they missed the playoffs. There's Look at Toronto in, in 2018, right? I mean, there's lots of examples of that throughout the history of MLS. So, um if they come through that okay and can jump, you know, kind of over that hurdle, then yeah, I think Philly will be good. New England seemed to be back as well. Um, so yeah, I'm with you though. MLS, like there's there's never a lot of separation. Um, that's what makes this league so interesting to me. And and I think we're seeing that this year, uh, as we always do. So you had a chance to see Nashville last week. That's a team that I think a lot of people had penciled in in the top maybe half top echelon of the Eastern conference. Yep. And it feels like it's been a little bit slow to get going this year. Yeah. I mean, it's in a lot of ways, kind of the same old Nashville, right? Like you, you, you feel in the attack, it's, it's Mukhtar or bust, yeah. um, which worked for them and has worked for them because defensively they are so solid and they continue to be, they've allowed just five goals, which is fewest in the league. Joe Willis is, is having another good year. Um, they showed a little vulnerability last week when Walker Zimmerman had to come out. He had tightness in his groin. He had played 90 minutes midweek against Mexico in the Continental Classico. He started on the weekend, went about 55 minutes, came out, didn't seem super serious. And we'll talk to Gary Smith later today for our broadcast meeting. We'll find out. Ultimately, we'll see on Saturday. Um, but when he came out, they they were a little disjointed and immediately Bawanga goes kind of unchecked on a 40 yard kind of saunter up the middle and, and they let him have time and space 25 yards out from goal. And he just 
bangs it. I mean, it's a wonderful finish. It's a wonderful strike, but you can't let Denny Bowanga have that kind of space. We've learned that in the first month, two months of this season. Um, and if Zimmerman's in, maybe he doesn't get that space, right? So LAFC caught national in a little moment of vulnerability. Um, but if, if, if they're at full strength, I think they're going to be the Nashville that, that we're used to seeing really hard to break down, really hard to score against really disciplined, but going forward in the attack outside of Mukhtar, you do wonder where the goals are, are going to come from. Um, you know, and, and Gary Smith will, will push back on the notion of being a super defensive coach or a super defensive team. And, and they, they've scored goals over the past three years. There's no yeah. doubt about it this year that they've struggled. We talked to Gary Smith before the game last week. He you know, asked, Hey, is it a concern that you have no goals from, from your striker position this year uh, between Teal Bumber and TJ Sapong? And he's like, look, honestly, yeah, you know, we need more from him. I, he said he wasn't concerned. He was like, we have two veterans. They'll get going. Well, then he trades CJ Sapong, you know, two days or the day, two days after that game, like a few days after he tells us that for a center back and Lucas McNaughton. And clearly they saw there were some depth issues there. But now I'm wondering, okay, so you have Teal Bunbury as a nine. You have Ethan Zubak. I mean, what, what's the plan there? Is somebody going to play a false nine that we haven't seen there? I think in the summer they've got to make a move uh, for, for a nine, a, a real goal scorer in this league. And if, and if they get that, if they can find someone that can score 15 goals, and you could say it's about any team. If you have a 15, 20 goal score in MLS, you're going to be successful. Sure. But Nashville especially, that could maybe bump them into – that elite tier, that, that real top tier in MLS. If they have somebody else who can, who you feel like can get that 15, 20 goals a year number other than honey Mukhtar. Who's the player for Nashville that you feel like between now and then, because I'm with you, they, they've got to go out and get somebody who can be a top goal scorer in this yeah. league. They've been missing that from day one. Yep. Who's the guy who has to step up between now and then to get Nashville up to that home playoff game kind of group in the East. Right. Well, if they get Randall Leal back, that'll help. I think they've missed him. Uh, he yeah. played the, the season opener and then has been out injured. And it seems like it's lingering a little bit. There were, you know, if you had followed what Gary Smith was saying about him at, at press conferences throughout the past couple of months, it, it seemed closer maybe than, than it is now, but it still seems like it could be close. You know, it's that sort of thing. It's always kind of been close, right? And those can be concerning. He comes back and, and they get him back. That'll help. Um, and the Fafa Pico, I think is, is a big addition to them. He's a dangerous player. Um, we've seen it at, at Houston. We've seen it at Dallas. We've seen it at Philadelphia. We've seen it throughout his career in MLS. And he's added maybe a little bit of a different dimension for them going forward on the wings. Jacob Schaffelberg has been a surprise for them. I think when, when they yeah. traded for him kind I've of I've always the, been high on him. Have you been? Yeah. yeah, I've always been high. I think okay. it's because we saw him in his debut for Toronto okay. against yeah. Atlanta and he scored in his debut and he's yeah. always, I've always felt like he's a guy who could break out. Yeah. And he has in Nashville, I think at least, yeah. I mean, that was a, a loan move last year. It was kind of like, all right, all right, Nashville, right? Like really ambitious <laughs> move. You know, that was a cynical take on it, but yeah. it was a good move. He's been worth it. It was a cheap loan and then and then a permanent transfer for not a lot of general allocation money and he's shown what you saw in that debut he was funny talking to gary smith about him last week he was like this is a guy and he's a homegrown in toronto and you know he makes his debut he's feeling all right and then they bring in insigne and bernadeschi on the wings right what's he gonna do what are you gonna do if you're jacob chapelberg in that situation right so he kind of needed that a new environment right he needed somewhere to go somewhere else where he could maybe reach his potential. And I, I think he's been a nice addition for them. Um, but yeah, for me, I think, I think Pico 
getting getting goals out of him and assists out of him and production from from Fafa Pico uh, could certainly help because he does he does add something that, that maybe they haven't had um, on that wing in in Nashville. The same question on the Atlanta side. You know, as you look at it from the outside, what is missing from this group to fully be back? Like you said. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure much. Like I, I believe in them. I mean, Yakumakis is clearly a goal scorer. Um, you know that was an issue last year, right? Uh, you know, obviously with Joseph and and you know that whole saga that, that that's gone. And Joseph hasn't scored yet in Miami. And Yakumakis has five and five starts. So it's. I feel like you know Atlanta's feeling probably pretty good about that situation right now. Um, I, I just think it's for me. It's it's Almada. Like. If he can, so we talked to to Gonzalo Pineda before the Charlotte game in a broadcast meeting, and I'm interested in following up with him on this today when we speak with him ahead of this game. What what he said that really struck me is he wanted Thiago Almada to be the Nicolas Ladero, the Lucas Elarayan, the Diego Valeri type player that wants to take on all the big moments mm-hmm. and as a young player that that can be difficult even as a world cup winner the first ever active world cup winner in mls history it can still be difficult because you're still young and you you know maybe it can be a little deferential and he wanted him to be that i think we we saw that especially at the beginning of the year i'm curious to see if gonzalo pineda thinks that that tiago has taken that on to the level that he wants he, he called him you know, he says he's, this is an MVP caliber player in the league. This was, you know, two games into the season. Clearly he is, he is that. I think there's no doubt whether or not he wins MVP is another story, but he's that he's in the discussion. He's that caliber of player. I think we all know that. So to me, if he really does take that on throughout the year and says, I want to boss games, I'm going to be, yeah, the Ladero who's always on the ball or the Zellerion or the Valeri who's always taking the moments. Um, then I think he can take Atlanta as, as far as, as they can go. Um, I think it's a pretty well-constructed roster. You know, I wonder about the the defensive midfield and who the best two are there. Um, but otherwise, I mean, with Etienne, Araujo, like, right. Can he, you know, the, the underlying numbers, the expected goals have always been there. Obviously the, the production has not per se, um, but you know, he's a dangerous player and yeah, I, I, I like personally, I, I like Atlanta and the way the roster is constructed. And I think, that they can be as much of a contender as I've said in the East uh, as anybody. What do you? What do you? I'm curious what your thought is and uh, is on and somebody who's obviously so you know ingrained in the team and and around them all the time. Where do you think they need to improve? Uh, I think right now it's getting Yakimakis healthy and sure. doing the things that he did when he first started starting and, and what he was doing. I think it was the Portland game. It might have been the Toronto game. He was offside five times. And I know it sounds like uh, it's a big negative, but Atlanta hadn't had that since really early Joseph Martinez right. in trying sure. to stretch the field. And what happened last year, and I think what's happened a little bit here as Yorgos isn't 100% or when he's come off, is the, the front line's collapsing back on the midfield. There's no one trying to make those runs in behind, so it gets very crowded. And Chicago did a great job in the middle third, like making it difficult to play through. And there wasn't the threat to go over the top. Yeah. So it just, it kind of stagnated a little bit. And there's only so much you can do when you're passing through, you know, little tiny holes to try to get the ball into the next line. You've right. got to have that thread in behind. And, and if it's not your ghost, if he's not a hundred percent or he is off the field, it's got to come from an Adarujo. It's got to come from an Etienne or a Wiley. If he's higher up the field, 
it's got to come somewhere to have that threat to open the game up because then you create the space that Almada and others can thrive in. Yeah, see, that's where early on I thought they, I mean, that Charlotte game was the that first half was yep. the perfect example, right? They got out and running and it looked like 2018 Atlanta yep. with Almiron and Vialba and Joseph. And it's like, man, this is, this is what we saw at Mercedes Benz that just lit this league on fire and, and that has been missing. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but to me, it's, that's not that's not it's, far from hat right no, like that's it's really that, that's like a small right like that's something that that's easy and and again as i said earlier on like it's all about everybody being healthy and yeah. and everybody being there you know to to reach the potential but if they are i think yeah i mean they're 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 good they're a team people aren't going to want to play especially in atlanta yeah 100% speaking of that this is what i want to end on so yeah. you know the league very very well we're going to leave atlanta and portland out of it because we both <laughs> have little you know expert knowledge on the atmosphere there where does nashville fit in the best atmospheres in the league for you because i love the stadium and i always tell atlanta fans like that's a trip you need to make yeah it's really good it is really good um which is the biggest soccer specific stadium in the country they fill it up i think it's a it's a fan base that is is still parts of the fan base are still learning the game right it's still new and and that's totally okay. Um, it it is in the top of the league, no doubt, because of that. And it will only get better. I think where I go with that when 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 everybody in that stadium really understands kind of the nuances of the game. There were a couple moments we were there last year for the Portland game on July third for local TV, and there were a couple moments that were like quarter chances that didn't have much of a chance of of coming off at all. <clears throat> and the crowd kind of rose in anticipation yeah. and like, oh, we're disappointed when it didn't come off and. And I mean that in the sense of like, it wasn't it wasn't a chance it was really going to happen, right? Right. right and right. so when 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 they start to understand that like that you know is, is that kind of moment, and then maybe some other chances that were half chances and like they were close to coming off, um, and maybe needed that anticipation, it wasn't quite there. This, this is going to sound like a negative soundbite against Nashville's crowd. I, I don't mean it that no, way. No, no, I, I totally get what you're wonder, saying. It's yeah. a wonderful building, and it's a great crowd. It's a great fan base, and it's a party. And Nashville is a party city, and you feel it there. It feels like the city. It's a great, great thing for the league. Um, and it's great to be in a market like a Nashville, Tennessee, that is such a destination for everybody, and to be part of that party fabric of something to do in in it's in a city that has so much to do right and there's no doubt that they've created that that they are part of that city that they are a big event when they're at home um and and austin i think is very similar the the feeling of the buildings are different the crowds are different um the cities are different right Mm -hmm. but they each have that kind of like this is a party town and this game reflects that and is is part of the scene in this these cities that are all about their scene uh in in a really good way yeah it's it's been fun to get around the league and see these newer atmospheres start to pop up we haven't been to austin haven't been to st louis obviously yeah Uh, haven't been to the new stadium in minnesota we went back when they were still on campus so Yep. It's it's amazing what we're seeing on Apple TV around the league with the atmosphere in each of these buildings. And it's it's only going to continue to grow. It's amazing. Man, St. Louis, got to get there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I haven't looked that far into the schedule. Is Atlanta go there this year? I mean, it's no, we don't. West, so there's not that many games. Right? You have to get lucky for that. It it, it blew me away. Um, awesome. It, the stadium's great. Smaller. It's 22, 22 plus. 
uh, but it's beautiful. And look, we did the first ever game there. So it's, of course it's going to be skewed, but they were, it was a fan base that was ready for this moment for decades, literally. And you felt that. And it was a MLS welcome to St. Louis, as opposed to like, we're excited for this new thing in town. This is like, you guys should have been here. We're going to show you what we do. Um, a very educated soccer crowd and incredible atmosphere. So that's, that's one to go to. I haven't been Minnesota either. That, Minnesota, uh, the TQL, the new one in Cincinnati and lower.com, the new one in Columbus, okay. the three venues I haven't been to okay. that, uh, are extremely high on the list that, that I hope we can get to this year. Yeah, I, I love the two Ohio stadiums. Mike Conti and I always go back and forth on it. He likes Cincinnati more. I like Columbus more. Nice. Columbus is fairly similar to Nashville in terms of the feel okay. of the building. So I like all of them, to be perfectly honest, because I just yeah. love seeing this game grow. It's just amazing exactly. to see. And what you're doing with Apple TV, such a huge part of it. Congrats on all of your success. And thank you for the time today, man. I really appreciate it. Always great to chat, Jason. Yeah, look forward to seeing you in Nashville.